Hello, and welcome to Alive or Just Blethering, a podcast where two 30-somethings discuss the music we found and loved growing up. My name is Chris Lavender, and with me is my fellow host, Keith McLeod. Today on Alive or Just Blethering, I'd like to talk about Mirrors by Misery Signals. Well, good evening to you, Mr. Lavender. How the devil are you? Um, the devil is treating me fine, Mr. McLeod. Lovely, jubbly. And how about you? Yes, one's a little bit tired, Is Came back from a bit of a trip this afternoon, but fuck me. That's about it. I'm just pretty tired. It's pretty tired. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been a weekend of uh, just a date. This, you know, it won't get released for a couple of weeks, but for anyone listening home, this is being recorded at the end of the Jubilee weekend. Fuck the Jubilee weekend, man. Honestly, <laughs> if I have to make my... Platy. Platitudes. If I have to make my feelings absolutely fucking clear, end the monarchy. But that's just me. That's just me. I'm not here to get political. Yeah. I'm in that. Fucking end it and end it now. But yeah, man. How are, did you celebrate the the platitudes? Platitudes. The closest the closest we got is we had a barbecue, and I think someone had a newspaper that they just kind of pinned to the fence right. with the queen's face on it. Oh, cute though. Did you throw a dart at it? It, I think it might have got blown over about ten minutes in, and we right. didn't replace okay. it. Okay. Any so no no flag shaggers at your party? No. Absolutely not. No, not a single one. No boomers getting a chubby over the Union Jack, huh? Nah, no butchers aprons. No, none of that. No bunting. Well, they're still they're still bunting up in my street. So I'm glad that I was in I was in a different country for eoldy platy jubes. Not Union Jack in sight where I was, mate. So thank fuck for that. But we've spent far too long talking about that. Welcome to the pod, everyone. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Thanks for joining us. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. Lav is going to take us through his his journey with Misery Signals, a band I think I always knew existed, but never, mm-hmm. apparently, ever listened to. And that surprised me, as I think there's a lot of um qualities shall i say with misery signals that i think you may have enjoyed yeah uh, a lot of the, the intricate guitar work the uh the more technical aspect of the band there are i find there are more technical heavy band they're not quite no one they're not i wouldn't ever call them progressive by any stretch wikipedia would wikipedia would call them progressive metalcore or melodic metalcore Melodic metalcore, I'll a hundred percent give them that. They are one of the most melodic metalcore bands I can probably name that I that I really got into. There was definitely a a vibe for this around two thousand six that I remember being a part of. Not just listening to Misery Signals, but there was other bands. I think there was one called For the Fallen Dreams, Destroy the Runner life in your way if any of these names are ringing a bell to any of our listeners give them a shout out it'd be great to know if anybody else heard of them they're not even ringing a bell for me bud sorry no never mind but there was it was this sort of sound of metalcore breakdowns but with very uh nice i'm gonna just use the word nice guitar lines Mm -hmm. really soft melodic moments sort of overwoven with them and then some deep 
bellowing screams or growls thrown in there for good mix. I just I just had to double check an album there, and I I maybe should have talked about this album by now. I don't know whether I should talk about it. I know you don't want to talk about it, but you said something along the lines there of you know melodic metalcore, or I mentioned melodic metalcore, and you sort of were talking about you know how this was one of the first times you sort of heard like those sort of melodies over the heavier music and stuff like that. That immediately brought to my mind Shadows Are Security by As I Lay Dying. That was sort of one of the first melodic metalcore bands I remember hearing. And I'm very surprised to realise that that album was released in 2005. I don't think I listened to it in 2005. Oh, I was listening to As I Lay Dying in 2004 when they released The Fall of Ideals? No, that was that was as, that was All That Remains. Frail Words of Collapse, 2003. Is that the one that starts with the song 94? Mm-hmm. Let's find out. I can't. I... I really was a fan of As I Lay Dying, the band that we won't talk about on the podcast, sadly. But for for the record, before he tried to kill his wife, I did listen to, to As I Lay Dying quite religiously. And it was actually at an As I Lay Dying show that we, we possibly may have crossed paths without even knowing it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one. Because, yeah, like Shadows... Our security and an ocean between us, two thousand seven. I think were were pretty big for me. Again, it was sort of like well, I know we're not here to talk about shows um, as I lay dying, but it, it's an episode that we're just probably not going to do out of the fact that well, the was a bit of a cunt. So, but so. The, 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 that band did have a big impact on me, and they were two albums that I sort of very much was like. They were just a band for me that you know that was two albums where I was like, oh, ho- ho- holy shit, this is this is incredible. This is something I've never heard before. Misery signals. Even now, I don't think they really fit that bill for me. And that's and that's with years of hindsight. You know, I I can't mm. I can't fairly quantify that. I can't honestly say if I'd heard Misery signals in two thousand six, you know. It wouldn't have been something I never heard before. It's definitely something now that it's nothing new. Nothing really surprises me. Let's knock it right out of the gate. I did enjoy this album. There's it was a shaky start, but I had some time to listen to it and I got into it and I there was a lot of stuff on here I enjoyed. But I'm just instantly comparing it to Shadows or Security and I just think I still would have went with Shadows or Security rather than Possibly. maybe leaning towards Mirrors. I... I have to say, so this is the first time I've properly listened to Mirrors in in a, in a good few years. I really, really like the next album, Controller. Mm-hmm. I think Controller is the the best Misery Signals album, in my opinion. Mirrors, though, as by the rules that we've been talking about with this, this was where I discovered Misery Signals. And at that point, they had Mirrors and... They'd released the previous album of Malice and Magnum Heart with a different singer. Similar sort of story to Norma Jean, I think, here, where you go and listen to an older album and it's a different vocalist and they have a totally different sound. The previous vocalist was the right person for that time. Carl Schubach coming in for Mirrors. I think it's because it's the first time they're working with a new vocalist it feels like they were sort of sticking to the older sort of plan that they had when writing songs and they hadn't truly adapted to having another 
brain in the room, a different person, a different body, different vocals, style in the room. Yeah. And by the next album, because they obviously toured extensively between those two dates, between the date he joined and the, the date of Controller being recorded, I think they, they knew how to utilize him better. That and Controller was produced by Devin Townsend. That that probably helps too. I was going to say, I just noticed that as well. <laughs> I think Mirrors, uh, it, it has not aged very well. Personally, I struggled to get through it in a single listen. I think it's quite long. And I have to say, I think in hindsight of, you know, 20, 20 however many years now, what, 18 years since this was released? 16. 16 years. My maths is not strongest at the moment. In that time, yeah, I don't think Mibsy Signals can write an intro. <laughs> what makes you say every that? song because every song I instantly just wanted to skip. <laughs> just I was like, get to the good bit. They they it took me it's it's a, a definition of a grower of an album I yeah, had to very much so. listen to repeatedly and then once I got into it I was like, Yeah, okay, I can I can get it now. I understand where you're going with this. Yes. Yeah, it, it is a bit of a grower, isn't it? It really struggled to hook me in. And I, when I was listening to it the first time, I was like, oh, God, Keith's going to fucking hate this. Yeah, it, it is a bit of a grower. And that's what I mean by a rocky start. So it, the one thing I, I generally did not get behind on this album was the lead vocals. Um, no offence to Carl Schubach. I just, his growl, his scream very reminiscent of what we were talking about with Norma Jean and how it's just a bit of a flat, standard, growly vocal that I think doesn't really do very much. So when the first song hit and it's just that vocal, almost, there's there's not, I don't think there's a lot of vocal diversity in the first song. When that first, you know, my first listening to that, I was like, oh no, oh no, this, 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 this is what this is going to be. Getting through that album, getting past that song and getting into the other ones, there's a lot more diversity, there's a lot more change, there's different things going on, and I started to enjoy that a lot more. But if this album had just been that vocal the whole way through, just that that screamy growl the whole way through, I'd have been bored at my mind listening. I think the track ordering doesn't help on this one. Track two, The Failsafe, is one of my favourite tracks. One of my favourite Misery Signal songs. Mm-hmm as a whole, not just on this album, but on this album, it's a proper standout moment. And that should be track one. I think it's got more diversity. It would introduce, if this is the first time you've ever listened to Misery Signals, it would be something that you would see them being more melodic and being less aggressive and enjoy. And I I think it would ease you in a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think the opening, um, the opening track, on mirrors is yeah face yourself is a is a questionable choice of of uh of track given its extremely brash nature what you could maybe say there then is maybe these guys wrote you know vocalist left they've got a new guy in and maybe these guys only wrote 12 songs 13 songs, you know, for this album and Face Yourself was with, I don't know, just absolutely spitballing here, 
Best of a Bad Bunch. So get it first, get it out of the way, or get it last and maybe no one will ever hear it. But yeah, it definitely, for me, improves after that first song. That first song for me is pretty bland, pretty boring. Like I say, the vocals are do my nothing. And it's from the Failsafe track too. I've got some issues with the last song though, Mirrors. It's, again, over long, it feels a bit disjointed. Not quite sure they really knew what they were doing with it. It might have just been, again, a... Yes. Nail on the head there. They didn't know what they were doing with it. That is an amazing three and a half minute song. Why make it seven minutes and 44 seconds? Great question. Why did they make it? The album is is laboured enough. It's a 49 minute album. You know, you could take, you could probably take a, at least 30 seconds off each one of these songs. You could. 30 seconds to a minute off each one. Yeah. And, okay, you've got the the sort of semi-interlude intro of, was that something was always missing, but it was never used? Yeah, it does have a bit of a, that's like the down, 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 down. And it's like down. okay, an interlude track. Can it? Because lovely. And then it goes into a song. It's like oh shit! I was I was expecting a yeah next track sort of moment. Just you know, just one minute, one and a half minute interlude into into a song. Could have been you know there we go. Bump, bump the track numbers up, guys. Missed the trick there. <laughs> yeah, you you saying that they didn't? You know, did they did they know what they were doing with that song? Great question because. After the beatdown, so you have that. We, we talked about this over Messenger. You know, you have that sort of the the the, the, the panning like chugs, like the chun 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 chun. So you've got the pan, and then it goes into that beatdown, and then that's when it just goes into like three or four individual parts. You could maybe call it prog, how it all sort of goes through from one part to the next part to the next part. But it just sounds disconnected. It doesn't sound like it's actually part of that song. It sounds like, you know, three sections of three different songs just mashed together after what was. This is the song I messaged you on to say, oh, hey, this has got some Every Time I Die vibes. Now, I went back through the album a few times, never really got that again. But definitely listen to Mirrors. There's some of the guitar work, some of the, the things that Ryan Morgan and Stuart Ross are doing there. Definitely gave me some eated vibes, but n- nowhere else really on the album. I'm not. I'm not going to say these guys remind me of every time I die. But yeah, mirrors. Mirrors was just a weird one for me because I thought a really great three and a half, four minutes there, and then like you say, just some weird stuff after. Yeah, and it's something to say. I think the obviously the strengths of the band. Each band member, I think, is bringing something. I know you, you've, you've maybe not the, the biggest fan of Carl's vocals, but I think his his lyrics are quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, given you know, we we would compare if we'll compare it to the the, the recent bad bunch of back to the bullet from Valentine's the poison. You know, well, bringing that back. We're up. really we're really shit on those guys, which I'm fine with. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> the, the, there's a there's a level of lyrics that I feel they're a bit more. Um, exploratory and, and not as on the nose if you will mm-hmm. not they're not perfect but i think they they he has a he's a great lyricist 
the guitarists are able beyond able they are they are really talented and able to really write some multi-layered you know s- string parts that just sit, they sit beautifully over this hardcore heavy element i think is is a is a real nice juxtaposition to have this brutal crushing chun and then these really light feathery sort of moments is is something that they, they really pull off well and the drums are written well <laughs> and recorded like shit on this album i can't escape that no it is it's the first thing i really really picked up on the album that i didn't know if it was me because i was listening to it almost exclusively through headphones i didn't really have access to a different system to listen to this but was it that the toms weren't really forward in the mix or was it that the cymbals were way too forward in the mix like there is a bit of a for me anyway there was a bit of a weird weird mixing of the drums i thought everything just just when i maybe focused a bit too hard on the drums everything else just seemed really far forward so you know is is it that they were a bit back but yeah the, the drums are a weird one in this but I find myself, given that I did mostly listen to it on headphones, no, like, like I agree with everything you're saying. There are some really good, intricate, nice moments in the guitars here. One or two moments, I thought, ah, oh, the bass isn't really doing much here. But then there are bass moments as well that that come through in these songs. One thing that did really get me though was equally, there's a few moments where they just sort of lose themselves. I think it's mostly within mirrors. There's just a couple of moments where bass and both guitars are doing different things and it just all sounded mm-hmm. a bit muddled and didn't really work as well as a lot of the other moments on the album. Yeah, and it, it, to its fault, and they clearly got me in as a, as a fan back in 2006 when this came out. It was what I wanted to hear at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'd listened to your likes of your Parkway Drives bleeding through and then you hear this you've got that vocal tone i think he's got a very similar vocal tone to winston from parkway drive and to have that but with these more intricate experimental sort of elements on on the side it was clearly what i wanted to hear at the time and it it's interesting the journey that i it's taken me on musically and this is possibly the reason why I perhaps moved away from Misery Signals is that other bands were able to not only copy it, but then also take it to the next level, take it up a notch mm. and do something more interesting with that formula. Bands that come to mind that really took them, took the torch or the mantle, whichever you want to call it, a band like The Ghost Inside. Oh, hundred percent. That is uh, that is something I meant to say. Vocally, very similar to the Ghost Inside. I think I maybe just preferred their the way they did it a bit better. But yeah, hundred percent. And then musically, bands like Counterparts. Mm-hmm. There, if you listen to their early, go from their two thousand ten album. I had I was listening to it just the other day, it because they've released a new song for what are we listening to hmm. but when they they uh, they released their album about 2010 
and it felt to me like they picked up the torch that by 2010 Misery Signals had effectively walked away from and they picked that up and they were making albums that were heavier, faster. There's one of my big one of my big sort of criticisms for Mirrors, I think. I think it's too slow. And mm. the counterparts were coming in and bringing that hardcore element a bit more, putting a bit more into that, making it faster. Ghost Inside as well, they were making it tight. And, you know, if you look at the first the first two Ghost Inside albums that I listened to, was it the, the Fury of the Fallen Ones and then Returners? Those were absolute crucial albums in the in the genre and still to this day could could hold account could could really set themselves apart even though they were all within the same genre i think they they did enough to make themselves stand out and and then eventually take on uh you know take on the role as being the, the better band i think yeah it was fury and the fallen ones is where i sort of found them and admittedly pretty much the only album i really listened to for the Ghost Inside, I knew they always stuck around. I've, I, I've not listened to them in so long, so it's a bit shit for me to try and go back and remember this. But I want to say there was a bit of a change from maybe Fury and the Fallen Ones to the next album, and I sort of just dropped off that instantly. I was like, ah, these guys, <laughs> you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. For me at the time, I was like, oh, these guys, these guys aren't really much. I don't really see these guys doing very much. Lo and behold, became fucking a pretty big band until certain certain issues arose. And from there, my personal tastes actually got a bit lighter, I think, is one way to put it. I ended up listening to a band that, that really left an impression on me in about going to about two thousand ten at this point. A band a UK band called More Than Life. And I think that's a bit of a stretch. Just to stretch from misery signals to more than life is is a leap. But then when I listened to them the other day side by side I was like, wow, they've got some there's some characteristics that they've they've got. They're doing it. They're lighter. They're m- even more melodic. It's about as melodic hardcore as you can get mm-hmm. a band of more than life. You know, really super emotional lyrics, but really again well textured, well layered guitars, almost indie, like to that to that shift. And I would. Any any listener at home, any listener at work, on the bus or whatever, who's who's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Go and listen to the 2012 album. Um, Love, let me go, and listen to a lighter Misery Signal song, maybe from Controller. Listen like Weight of the World or something. Yeah. Go from Weight of the World into Scarlet Skyline by More Than Life. And there's there's similarities, there's characteristics that really took me on the journey. And this is where I think I have to really thank Misery Signals for the inspiration of, of, of what they clearly what they've given to my listening experience. Because from more than life onwards, I can you know draw a straight line because I'm still listening. I'll still listen to them today. Bands like Defeater, bands like. Um, like the other hardcore bands that I ended up getting into in the after two thousand ten, that's that's what direction I went into, and I and I think Misery Signals played a big part in what I like today. So let's let's take it back a little bit then. Two thousand six, 
Lav, how did you find Missouri Signals, or what what got you into the band in the first place? Other than you know, you heard them, you liked them, right? How were you introduced to the band? I can only think it must have been through MySpace. I don't have a memory of there being like a moment or a person yeah. who said, "Go and listen to this band." I just remember listening to them, hearing them. It must have been the release. I feel it is the release of Mirrors. And I think they put the song The Fail Safer. Okay. And if I start looking at it, they were friends with Fallout Boy. They were friends with Comeback Kid. Yeah. It's very likely another band had posted something on their bulletin board back on MySpace to, yeah. to sort of nudge me in that direction. And I gave it a shot and I was like, holy fuck, this is great. No, fair play. I then couldn't get the album on CD. I will but I did manage to pick up the previous album of Malice and Magnum Heart, and I still have that on CD to this day. And that has one of my favourite Misery Signal songs on it called Five Years, which is, again, just massive nostalgia number. Me and a friend of mine at the time, we used to sing that at each other. You know, blood is forever, love is forever. Oh, What a breakdown. You boys. You, you... Big, big posy moments. Big posy moments. Posy, oh, good times, man. Uh, fair. So, like, I never. This this is the thing I said it at the top of the episode. I was always aware of them, but I never listened to them. That I'm aware of. I feel like, I feel like I did, but I must have just crossed crossed the names with I don't know, Darkest Hour or Hasty Day or someone like that. I think you know, it's with all due respect to, to, to Misery Signals, I think it's easy to lose those bands into one another. They're, they're, they're quite, for me at least, because I'm not someone who got into too much detail with either, quite interchangeable. You could give me a Misery Signal songs, you can give me a Haste the Day, you know, you can give me a whatever, and I'll be like, is this the same band? Because they're definitely of the same genre, they're definitely of the same time, they're definitely of the same sound. Even going back as far as Chimera, I did get I did I got some early Chimera vibes off of that first song. Your face, you, uh, face yourself, because I, honestly, I, I, the first couple minutes of listening to that song, I was like, "Oh no, this is this is not going to be good." And lo and behold, Mirrors is produced by Ben Shiggle. Yes, Shiggle? it is. Shiggle. 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 Who also. Produced a lot for Chimera. Yeah, it was a big, big part of Chimera's production. Um, I, I hadn't drawn a line between the two. I'd never connected the dots on them. I would never have put Chimera and Misery Signals in the same sentence. Uh, but yeah, when you if you listen to the when listening to the album. Yeah, there's there's moments now that it's the same when you mentioned the every time I die sort of link. I was like, I've never ever thought of that before. Yeah. Until now, and you know what? And then gift you know, hindsight, I looked at the times I've seen Misery Signals live, and the bands that they were supporting. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Architects, and I would say, two thousand and nine Architects is pretty close to what became. Maybe later, every time I die, in in the sense that it's it's just faster, more brash, 
and a bit more bouncy. I think the the, the late, later architects really grew into themselves, but they I think they took a lot from what Misery Signals were doing. And it's so funny, architects. If you listen to really early architects, it's like it's nigh on technical death metal. Like, yeah, we've got a really sordid backstory with architects, though. Like over years, the both of us have been so in and so out of that band over their back catalogue. It's ridiculous. And that's going to be one hell of an episode when we get there. It's going to be a toughie because that is a band that right now, as of talking, I'm out. Same. I'm out. There was... I'm out hard. But I, I was out here and now. I was out Daybreaker. Lost together. Found forever. Something like mm, that. Mm. All our gods are abandoned us fucking in there like swimwear. Yeah. And then holy hell mm, we're back to this and then fucking whatever that last one's I don't even know what it's called. No. I, I let's not get too much into it, but we differ on certain albums, but sure. yes, we we have both been in and out at different times and are currently both out. And it's it, it's difficult. But I sort of see what you're saying. Like there's had Misery Signals maybe done a bit more clean, like managed some of their own clean stuff, you, yeah. they could have been a bit more what architects they sort of became. Yeah. And they've got the the chops. They've got the, the guitar virtuoso chops. They're in there. You take those elements and you put Sam Carter's vocals on top of them and you've got a much more accessible package that could be more more attainable. And I think Misery Signals, I saw them supporting Architects in 2009 in Edinburgh. And that was that was a great show. I was super pleased to have, at the time, two of my most favourite bands playing together in 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 the city I live in. It was was brilliant. The other times I've seen Misery Signals supporting Amua and August Burns Red. Wow. Fucking one eighty. <laughs> Total flip side. Yeah. You go from you go from architects to a muir. A muir were you know, at that time that was their uh respect issue album release sort of cycle. August Burns Red for me are another one of those bands that sort of fit in to this as like Definitely. basically basically the same band. Yes, and August Burns Red, they had a good couple of albums. You've got your Thrill Seeker and Messengers. You know, they are fantastic albums, and I'm I'm probably going to have to talk about them at some stage, but I may as well talk about them now, because this was what I was listening to. Mm-hmm. And they were, again, highly proficient, more progressive, almost like Protest the Hero, not but without the, the strong vocals, I think, was what was holding them back. Because, again, vocally, August Burns Red... Or a bit meh. Bland. Bland, bland, I guess, given given the description that you've given for, for for Carl there, I'd say they've got pretty similar sort of monotone-ish vocals and they could benefit from something different to happen. To say the last couple of bands, I, I, I think it's great that we've sort of came so far now because we can start to get referential as to where we were, self-referential as to where we are or where we were listening to this, you know. 2006, you're listening to Norma Jean and this. 2006, I was listening to 
raunchy and protest the hero vocally to com- you know two different groups two different styles so yeah it just sort of shows where why i was not picking these sort of bands up because not to tar them with the same brush but each band has its own personality and its own and its own good and bad things but you know black and white from from the stuff that i was listening to at the time yeah and that's that's one of the things that i think what's what's interesting that we listen to heavy music i would i would say that we have very unique journeys mm-hmm. but there was always someone that you didn't listen to but i know that you listen to architects a little bit after i might have started listening to them so yeah. perhaps you might not have been in the same sort of space as i was with misery signals in 2006 no fair and uh, the other one that was supporting actually was one I, I mentioned earlier. Is that I got the, the album mixed up earlier. I saw them supporting All That Remains and Textures. Right. Now, Textures, incredibly progressive metal band. Very much like Between the Bird and Me um, meets sort of the human abstract, I would say, is sort of where I would go with them, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I came to. Okay. Um, and that was at a really interesting venue. I've, I've only ever been, I'm sure I've been to two gigs there, but I've, this may have been the one gig. It was at The Exchange in Edinburgh. Now, this was such a short-lived venue. I know, yeah. Where was this? It, it's on Grove Street. It was like, I'm... I am absolutely oh, no, and positive. It's basically like two doors down from uh, the the pizza pool place. The uh, really? Yes. The exchange. I do know that. And I've I've never been to another gig there. They had this one show. It was incredible. About nine people turned up, and it was one of the best gigs I've I've been to in Edinburgh. It was just there was like about nine of us. Like I say, everyone knew each other because we all we were all just part of the same scene. And yeah, we just got to two step our hearts out to all that remains and misery signals. And I'm sure, fucking to this day, I am sure Eternal Lord with Ed Butcher played that show. But it's not on any setlist FM site I can find. I can't confirm it, but I am positive I saw Eternal Lord with Ed Butcher. Absolutely positive. That does that does ring many a bell. Exchange the exchange. Edinburgh, but I yeah, for the life of me, can't can't really remember either. It'll probably flash back to me at some point in my life. But right, so I think it's fair to say we both like this album. It's uh, there's there some things we didn't like, a lot of things we do like. So what are your sort of standout tracks on this album? I've I've got a few. There's definitely definitely a couple here. I was pleasantly surprised to finally sort of you know give a few listens and and hear some more things within the songs. So. What was what were some of your standout moments on on Minners? I've already mentioned the failsafe. I think is a great opening track. Yep. <laughs> um, I think it's got some nice meandering moments in a, and it keeps sort of things up and meandering in a good way. In a good way, yeah. It takes you on a, a nice journey around okay. what what and who misery signals are. Uh, as it, it as it leads with that opening sort of guitar line and then it sort of speeds up later through the the the, the, the song the other song 
you you sent them you sent this one to me something was always missing but it was never you i mentioned it yes it has that interlude sort of section for the first minute and then it kicks in yeah great song and as one of a really one of their stronger songs on the album but my my favorite song on the whole album is anchor yes that one absolutely takes me right back i'm in 2006 i'm listening to this i'm singing it with my friends we are enjoying this and just absolutely loving this song because i think lyrically it is the strongest on on the album and it it's one you can really sing along to and belt out if you know the words. Yeah, he seems he seems pretty keen on that one and, and the sort of the message behind that one and sort of what someone being there to support you, but then also potentially holding you back at the same time. Yeah, nice little metaphor. Yeah, you know, like, like an anchor. Like an anchor. <laughs> yeah, like an anchor. No, that's cool. Um, totally agree with you on track six. Something was always missing, but it was never you. That that was a bit of a turning point in the album for me to be like no okay there's something here to listen to and i need to give this a bit more attention uh you know i was still a bit stunned from from track one just really can't emphasize enough how much that was like ready to throw me away from this album i had track two been the same i'd have been like oh crap this is this is nonsense but track six sort of made me sort of stand up because i think and 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 listen because i think it is quite different it's got a groove to it it's got a really fucking cool groove to it uh I think you know, we, we referenced it earlier. That dan 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 pretty standard rhythm these days, but they're they're doing it pretty well there. And then it sort of takes you back to the track before that. One day I'll stay home, and I only realised, you know, reading up on this recently, did not did not pick up when I heard it. But now that I've heard it, I get it straight away. You mentioned them earlier. Your friends fall out, boy. Patrick Stump, yeah, does the does the clean vocals in the verse for One Day I'll Stay Home. And now that I hear it, I'm like, "Fuck yeah, that's that's great." I kind of wish it was them. I can, you know, I kind of wish it was them doing the clean vocal and and having the confidence to to experiment with that. I I, I don't know if they do clean vocals after this. I I don't just get boners for clean vocals. But like one day I'll stay home. I thought it was pretty cool. Track six, something was it stands out. Yeah. It stands out as a moment on the album. I agree with that because it is the first time and only time that the vocals really. Change really do change in a, in a and it's because it's someone else. It <laughs> <laughs> helps, <laughs> but then so uh, I mentioned it earlier. Mirrors, I do genuinely love the first three, three it might even only be two and a half, three minutes of that song. I think that's a really great outing, and mm-hmm. you know, give me every time I die vibes. I think it's really great work from the guitarists there. It's just. That, that that was a really fun song, but then it just it just sort of gets lost in itself and goes places. And I'm a bit like, why are we here? I don't I don't know what this is doing. What why why are we here? Yeah, but yeah, most most other songs yeah. I enjoyed, but they were you know as as we rate it, what phones what songs made me look at my phone? And it was okay. track five, six, and eleven. And I also enough, I also enjoyed Anchors, but I knew that was I knew that was your baby. I think as a as a whole, going back to it, I'd probably give it maybe a, a seven, in my own sort of nostalgic sort of tones. I didn't hate it, I almost did. I had to battle through to get to the good stuff, 
and then once you've gone through it it feels a lot more palatable and something i can i can sort of give a give a chance to and i would say that the the follow-up album helped significantly by the producer has to have been Mm -hmm. controller is is the stronger album it has catchy songs it has memorable hooks it's got just a better pacing better speed it's got better purpose behind it i find mirrors is a bit labored it's a little bit slow in spots and yeah as i said before they struggle to write a fucking intro like i just yeah. couldn't get into some songs i i got about you know the first 30 40 seconds into a song i was like next with with the exception of track six you know that, that i would that say so yeah an interlude. but yeah no fair yeah they, they, fair enough they, they wanted to do something a bit more softer and and more sort of you know leads you in and builds up i get that but that yeah the right now in my head i've got a song from controller still stuck in my head and i've yet to have that sort of pushed aside by anything from mirrors unfortunately as good as mirrors was at the time when i first heard it in 2006 they did better and that's the album i would i would highly recommend anyone listen to if you've never listened to misery signals before <laughs> not this album that we're covering <laughs> That again, same with same as with Norma Jean. Yeah, wrong album. From from what you're saying, I'd probably be tempted to listen to the next album. Generally, off of the back of this, I I did find some some good stuff on it, so I might go back and check out Controller just 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 to see what it's all about. Because if it's a step up from this, then I would expect it to be pretty good. Because this is a this is a good album. This is fun, and mm-hmm. you know I said earlier, you know, had I found this in 2006, it it, it might not be anything that would have blown me away I still would have been mighty impressed by it you know that's that you know I still would have stuck with As I Lay Dying but I still probably would have got this into circulation and I maybe would have stuck for them a little bit longer Uh, and it's just hard to say you know however many years later 16 years later would this have completely influenced me and and changed my perspective I don't know but nah it was it was good and once I got there it was good you know, it, it it did take me that listener to gotta get past that first track, and mm-hmm. and I really stuck with it. It's just fun to see Patrick Stump on it. I always I always enjoy seeing like weird crossovers like that. You know, like the pop punk band on the metalcore album, or you know the the um, I'm sure Sam Carter does uh, features on a You Me at Six song. Very likely. Yeah, you know, I'm sure he does. I'm I'm almost positive he does. In fact, I'm going to double check that. Yeah, and Bring Me the Horizon, they've I've brought them up a couple of times. A band that changes their sound every album for the best, well, for the for their their good. They've they've clearly done well from it and preempted any sort of changes in the in the music industry and made a different album each time. I would say Misery Signals maybe haven't is probably to to their fault. Is they 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 made the same style of music. And I personally, after Controller, because there was such a gap between Controller and Absent Light, I want to call it. What, 2008 to 2013, I think? Yeah, between that, a lot had changed for me. That's that's a big... That was five years where my music tastes went through the fucking dishwasher. Like, they came out a different <laughs> shade. 
with fresh yeah. scratches on it. Like there was there was a big big shift in in my listening habits between those two dates. Not totally. Um, Same. So yeah, they by the time Absent Light came out, it left no impression on me whatsoever. It does not look as if Sam Carter was on a Uni at Six album, but Winston Duke and Ollie Six were. So, you know, that's that's the point I'm, I was trying to make, was, you know, it always makes me laugh, or I always like seeing the crossover between, like, you know, pop-pop bands and metal bands or whatever, and that's, you know, Patrick Stamp on... On this album, Mirrors by Misery Signals, because that's the episode we're doing. Oh, so it was. Will we will we wrap this up? Uh, yeah, this is an absolutely. It's a really important album for anyone who listens today to bands like Counterparts, to or who listen to bands like The Ghost Inside, and you've never listened, or even and those who listen to Architects today who are interested in Architect's back catalogue, I would make a detour and take a minute to listen to Misery Signals. There is a lot to be liked, and I think you you would enjoy it. If you don't quite get into Mirrors in the first listen-through, I don't think either of us are going to blame you. Give Controller a try otherwise, as it's the most good. Yeah. I like this album... I can see why you like this album. I'm not particularly upset that I missed it, you know, 18, 16 years ago. That's fine. It was an enjoyable listen. Thanks for bringing it to the pod. I can finally say I've now heard Misery Signals. Put your little scout badge on you. Totally. Misery Signals. Weird name, though. We didn't really talk about that. Misery Signals? What does that even mean? Like, Signals of Misery... Misery signals, like this is oh, that's a signal of you being miserable. Never really thought uh, about it to be honest. The previous band name was Seven Angels, Seven Plagues. Shite names, <laughs> so shite the, names all around. I mean, it's the the, the early two thousands hardcore scene. I mean, there was worse out there. If that, I mean, at this time, to be fair, I was in a band called Massacre on the Fjords, <laughs> which obviously is a fucking amazing name. My band, I didn't start Carve the Future until Ooh. 2008. Uh, oh. Was it yeah, about then? Did your logo look like, you know, the roots of a tree? Uh, no, no, we didn't go down that route. No, 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 we went down the hole. Did, did you go down that route, did you? Just just straight up fucking stamp. Um, right. Oh, Times New Roman. Not quite, not quite Times New Roman, but in that sort of Un- uninspired hardcore band. Anyway, what are you listening to? Uh, other than misery signals, as we as we open that line up with every time. Uh, last week, Bombs. I spoke about a band called Wake. So mm-hmm. I gave their discography a whirl, and yes, yep, ten out of ten. That's my band of the year, by the way. I will be very excited for their releases as and when their new album comes out this year. I also listened to a new track that was released by Counterparts, as we had spoken about. I think it's a fucking cracker. I think that uh, ticks a lot of boxes for those uh, Counterparts fans who've been waiting for a new album. For those who, who don't know Counterparts singer Brendan, he's also in a band called End. And 
end are fucking incredible. Like, they are balls, fucking staple your balls to the wall, absolute heavy, ear-bleeding stuff. And then he's got mm. counterparts where he sort of sings in the same way, but it's got nice widdly widdly parts over it. Widdly widdly, indeed. And the other band uh, I listen to, uh, I don't know, I I, I listen to uh, quite a lot of Misery Signals, actually. I, I went through the back catalogue a bit, so I listened to Malice and Magnum Heart, um, which was before Mirrors, and Controller, which came out after Mirrors. And uh, three, three really good albums uh, across their discography there. What about you? Nice. Similarly to yourself, I listened to Wake's 2020 album Devouring Ruin. I'm not going to lie, it lost me a bit. It, it, it lost me a bit. I was just, yeah, it was just so, so much of the same. I maybe just wasn't in the right place to listen to it. I was doing other things. I sort of had it on in the background. I just sort of found myself a little bit, you know, kind of coming in and out of it, and maybe that's that's, that's my fault. Uh, uh, yeah, just not really didn't grab me as much as that sort of single swallow the mm. light, which I thought was pretty impressive. Um, as I sort of alluded to at the top of the episode, I was out of the country for a week on a cheeky little holiday, so you would have thought I listened to loads of music. I didn't. I listened to Misery Signals, I listened to a playlist that I made a couple of months ago for, you know, entertaining some friends, and I was like, fucking hell, this, this, this playlist is amazing. <laughs> Quite a lot of our influences on that, to be honest, sort of reminded myself how good Satellite by P.O.D. was. Oh, cracker. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of our favourite album of the pod is J- Jimmy World. Oh, well, so maybe not the song Satellite, but like, you know, Boom. Like, oh, Boom's a jam. Boom, Youth of the Nation, Alive, yeah. Crackers. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, you know, a, a few sort of new synth wave pop bands that I listen to and stuff like that. That was that was all that was all groovy. Oh, that's one I forgot to mention. Uh, there was a band, a pop punk band, No Pressure. They released their new album. It's 22 minutes long. And it's again, it's another one of those albums. This it sounds like it's released in two thousand and three. It's fucking great. Uh, nice. Uh, it's the singer from the story so far. It's his side project. So any fans of the story so far, any fans of early Blink One Eight Two, get onto that album. It's great. Great. I also actually listened to the Midnight. <laughs> Just it was a nice sunny day, you know. Who doesn't who doesn't love the Midnight? That's one of the synth pop bands I listen to. I, yeah. I've seen the Midnight. They are one of my favorite bands. Like I, I do fucking love the Midnight. Yeah, that sax, that sax just hooks me in every time. <laughs> the um, that definitely turned a few people off if they hadn't gone already. So while I was on my my holly bobs, I rediscovered some comics. Okay. So I like to think of myself as I'm a light reader of comics. I generally go through binges of reading. It's been a while since I've I've really gotten into some comics, but you know maybe last year or whatever I you know was recommended a, a few books that I've enjoyed in the past. I'll open, openly admit I'm mostly just a Marvel reader. <laughs> I have a comic themed sleeve of a certain graphic novel, The Watchmen for. Obviously, people not aware, but the um, 
yeah, like I've I've sort of I don't know if I've said on the pod before, but like my sort of interest in comics started a very long time ago by just ordering Predator books off of eBay. Okay. You know, two two ninety nine and you get some like Dark Horse Predator graphic novels. Anyway, because I've not been listening too much, I have been reading a lot of Immortal Hulk. And it's just it's this is what I'm trying to get the more information on. It's a as a run from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty one I've sort of been reading book the omnibuses, so I've just got it on the digital app. Book one, two, and three. I've read, finished book two, and I've nearly finished book three, and I've got book four to read. And holy shit balls! Like, if there's maybe people out there listening and they're like, "Oh, Marvel, they're not really comics. They're shit." Blah blah blah. Read Immortal Hulk. It is Hulk's always been one of my favorite. You know, take it back to Planet Hulk and World War Hulk and stuff like that. That's where I sort of came on to Hulk books and stuff. But like, Jesus, this has been like really dark, man. Like really, really getting into the the layers of like, you know, split personalities and sort of how like abuses a child can manifest in an adult and stuff like that. Because essentially that's what they've made the Hulk in in these sort of books is that there's different personalities of hulks there's different hulks that come out of banner because of the abuse he received as a child wait like wait are you talking about hulk or are you talking about moon knight hulk immortal this one's called immortal hulk so that that you've just described moon knight now that, you've, now, that I've, now that I've said it out loud and you've said it back to me yeah but like these <laughs> the books. the yeah, you've just described Moon Knight to me. Marvel, you've run out of ideas officially. <laughs> well, these were these were books that were written in 2018, so it somewhat predates the, the the show. And I don't know what what the Moon Knight books are about, but it just you know, there's decapitations and people getting eaten and like the Hulk's skin getting melted off and like his dad exists in a realm of hell and stuff like that like it's that might have been that may be a spoiler for one of the books anyway yeah it's just been a really heavy like fucked up read and i've been loving it i have genuinely been loving it there was a, a screenshot i sent to one of my friends and he was like you know the hulk's supposed to be a hero right he's supposed to be one of the good guys he's supposed to be one of the avengers but in the comics he's very much a Gray. He's not this. He's not the, the good guy anymore. Like, it's because he's so destructive and powerful. Like they've tried to get rid of him so many times, and they're like, "You can't contain the Hulk. He's a liability." Blah blah blah. And he's like, at the end of the day, he's always wanted to do the right thing and defend the Earth. But in this book, he's like, "Nah, I'm pretty much done with humanity. You guys are killing this planet. So you know, maybe we just need to hit the reset button." And I am the reset button. So you're like, "Fucking wow, yes, Hulk." Yes! Here comes the Doomslayer. Nice. Let's, let's, let's fucking do this shit. So, other than what you absolutely accurately pinpointed as Moon Knight, <laughs> <laughs> the TV show, um, I've really, I've just really enjoyed reading this book um, or these books, and it's something I've not really shared with on the podcast before because it's uh, admittedly it's been months, even a year or two since I've really sort of dug into um, any sort of graphic novels, but that in lieu of what have I been listening to, what I've been reading is Immortal Hulk. It's great that you mentioned some comics there. We've got a um, friend of mine who I'd love to get onto the podcast one day. 
he writes comic books. Yeah. Uh, he he does a series called Killtopia, which is like a cyberpunk graphic novel series set in future Japan, where heavily armed wreckers are paid to hunt rogue mechs for money, sort of like Running Man. Uh, is that um Running Man? <laughs> is that Roadrunner? Not Roadrunner. Is that Blade Runner? It's it's almost is that Roadrunner. Blade Runner. Oh, what a loser! It's it's Blade Runner meets Running Man. Sort of, yeah. I am, I'm absolutely no, no way trying to take the piss out of the guy, but that's yeah. I would give it a give it a shout for anyone who's interested. I'd love to get Dave on, he'd love to come on and talk about Architects of Hope. Um, but yes, we have a special episode coming next week. All listeners, we, we do have a special episode, we've been hinting at it, it's one we've been wanting to do for a while. We've got a guest lined up, it's about time we bloody well ripped the plaster off. And attempt to cover. Attempt, attempt is a good word. Is is the the, the right description? Because we're gonna we'll attempt never do it. it justice. We won't. We'll, maybe with our guest. Maybe our guest will help us with some perspective. We'll never do it justice. But we're gonna do the nine. We're gonna do Slipknot. Because I'm glad you said Slipknot. Because people might think we're gonna talk about Ace Nine Kills. Yes, we're gonna talk Fuck about it. Slipknot. Robbie's coming back for them. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we're gonna go through the whole damn discography from Why not? I'll I'll we can we can have a smattering of mate feed kill repeat right through to uh We Are Not Your Kind. And yes. there was there was even a song just released about a year ago not but a few months ago, wasn't there? The the camp uh Yeah. What was that? Just a sort of one off little single that they just threw in for good measure just to remind people that they're still going. Uh, they've had some lineup changes. And the Campbelltown Rag. That's it, Campbelltown Rag. So that yeah, they're gonna they've they've had some lineup changes, they've had some um some tragedies beset the band and some uh, management decisions, but they are still slipknot and I think we need to talk about them because fuck me sixteen year old, fifteen year old me got their mind blown apart into smithereens the first time I heard Slipknot it was something else I have only that's not fair to say only what I was going to say there was I have only my appreciation for the band has my appreciation for the band has only ever grown that's not true there was a dip over a certain album, mm-hmm. I think everybody had the same dip. We'll talk about we'll it. Talk about that. But yeah, even even as an adult, I feel like I appreciate the band more than what I did as a as a teen. Oh, hundred percent. As as much as they blew my face off in in my teens, as an adult, I have the utmost respect for what they were doing at that time, and. And now, and, and now, and they still do it, and they still continue to do. Twenty five years later, they're, they're still yeah. smashing it out of the park. And, yeah, very much so. And yeah, I can't wait. I cannot wait to talk about them. We've got a special guest on as well. Hopefully, they'll keep us in in check. They're going to bring a, a new, fresh perspective. So you're going to hear a, a, a different voice from from our dulcet tones. Yeah, I'm not even entirely sure if our guest is a thirty something, but we'll figure that out. Yeah, he'll pass. He'll pass. He's got a good experience. So. We'll do. We'll, 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 we'll welcome exceptions. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, can I wait till next week now? Absolutely. So by all means, Lav, take us home. Thank you very much for listening. We have been alive or just blethering. Do reach out on our socials at EOGB Podcast on Instagram, Twitter. I have recently resumed the YouTube videos. So if you are listening to this on YouTube, drop us a like, drop us a comment, subscribe, and also send us an email, eogb.podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you if you've got something more to say. But yes, thank you very much for listening. Next week, just Slipknot. Fucking Slipknot. Fucking Slipknot. Just Slipknot. You know what doesn't work? You know how you can do like the Slayer thing? Like, people yeah, that like so. Slayer, there isn't like a Slipknot thing. Um, you just want to see yeah. a guy across yeah. the street in a Slipknot top and be like, Slipknot. Good night.